Broadcasting from within the borders of the greatest success story the world has ever known, the United States of America. It's time for an honest discussion from a fresh new conservative voice. The C.L. Bryant Show. Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody, throughout the fruited plains of the greatest nation on the face of the planet. Still the greatest nation on the face of the planet and the and the most successful nation the world has ever known. Still, even in the midst of everything that goes on, we are still that. I'm C.L. Bryant. Welcome to the C.L. Bryant Show. And uh, coast to coast, border to border, we are, in fact, making a difference. And the things that we are saying right here on this show is absolutely relevant. I'll get to that, all of that, in just a few minutes. I have a very special guest after the top of the next hour, The to- at the top of the next hour. I have a very special guest uh, coming on uh, with me. But right now I have uh, <clears throat> a very special request of you, my listening audience. As you know, um, we often uh, ask for, for prayer for various uh, people. Uh, in and around our circles, but this person is very, very special to me. Her name's Leanne, and uh, Leanne is her name, and, and I want you to pray for her healing. Nobody needs to know what uh, is the malady. God knows. So just join me uh, in lifting her up in prayer in the name of Jesus, that whatever pain, whatever is in her body that is causing discomfort, we ask in his name that it be gone and be healed and she be whole again totally in Jesus' name. Leanne, that is who I ask you to lift up in prayer. We have, um, my God, friends, uh, a great faith, and we have a great God. And my special guest after the top of the next hour uh, will be telling you about that as well, how great God is, and I'm sure all of you can agree with me, that the same God that is great for her is great for Leanne, and I'm glad that you come along with us as we build the bridge to conversation throughout our great nation. And all of you know that when you tune in this show, I don't care who you are, uh, you can like it or leave it. I mean, seriously. As far as Jesus is concerned, you're going to get a good dose of him. You can like him or, you know, you can be a, hey, I hope you're not offended in me because I mentioned him. Huh? Uh, because if you're offended in him, you're, you can be offended at me and, and probably get by with it. And nobody ever is going to bother you and say anything about it. There are no consequences. I, I don't know. Maybe in eternity. I don't know. But being offended in me is no consequence as far as I'm concerned because I'm not going to spend a lot of time worrying about it. 
Okay, and I certainly hope if I'm offended in you, <clears throat> unless you're somebody that I really, really care about, I don't think you're going to spend a whole lot of time worried about it, are you? Of course not. Of course not. But, friends, as I tell you all the time, if you're offended in him, in America it seems like <clears throat> you're becoming more and more offended in Anything that has to do with faith and people of faith, particularly the Christian people of faith. You don't have any problem with some other folks of faith. <clears throat> Not that it's bad. Pardon me. Not that it's bad that, uh, you know, you you uh, don't uh, discriminate against them. But why? My question is, why discriminate against Christians? How come this playing field has gotten so unbalanced? Right now is my question. It ought to be your question, too. Follow me on Twitter at Rev at Rev CL. Brian just tweeted out a little bit ago a shot uh, that was taken uh, actually of a body guy that was with me uh, there in Detroit. And I, I'm, I'm saying to all of you, because we're beginning to see now and we have Rudy on right now uh, on Fox uh, talking about possible paths to victory. And you got Joe DeGeneva, uh, who is there with him as well. Uh, know them both. Know them both. And uh, Joe DeGeneva, De, De I kind of, well, Rudy, Rudy's okay. Rudy's great. To, Rudy's, nobody could be better than Rudy. But Joe DeGeneva would have given a, an incredible argument, too. And uh, he's, he's very New York, but he's not quite as New York as, as Rudy. And the rest of the nation <clears throat> can definitely get on board with what's being said here i'm sure and of course we'll give you a, a complete recap of what goes on in just a minute and in just a, a little bit in fact uh, i have a very special guest coming on i might as well tell you uh, she's my executive producer michelle she'll be on with me uh just the other day we uh, lifted her husband uh, mark up in prayer and i just asked you to lift up a very special friend of mine uh, leon leanne up in prayer leanne up in prayer and um, believe me, I still believe that God answers prayer. You know what? Uh, when we, Michelle, we're going to have to look back on that. I know you listen to the show right now, but um, listen to Rudy right now. But um, we're going to have to look back on, we need, we need to do some praise reports on what God has done when we prayed. And hey, folks, I know that we prayed for this uh, election, but I just got to, I must believe this is this is this is what I've always uh, seen when prayers of mine go unanswered. Oh, I am looking for an, an incredible blessing through a lesson. A blessing through a lesson. God teaches many times when he says no. <clears throat> In fact, some of the greatest blessings I have gotten in life I could not see because I wanted a yes and God gave me a no and I wondered why until I saw and continued to trust and walk by faith not by sight where he was taking me I wanted yes God said no but I want to say this to you. I, I'm not saying that God has said no with with the president, uh, the, the Trump. I'm not saying that. I am saying, however, there is a lesson here for those of you who are concerned now. 
the cover has been pushed back. And I believe having the discipline that I have, a Judeo-Christian discipline that I have, as well as having uh, preached the gospel for oh many years, um, 40 years. Wow. Oh, not quite for over 40 years. Yeah. I've preached the gospel. Sure have. Uh, not always out of season, but I have preached a lot in season. But now, uh-huh, it's one of those out of season times. And, 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 and friends, the good news is that America is still available. And that's the same good news for America when it comes to their creator. He is still available. And the good news that America has to us as citizens and the world still available. However, however, you can choose to give it away. That's like your salvation, you know. I mean, you know, you Christians, I want you to hear me right now. Christians, hear me. Uh, Christians sometimes go around believing and, and, and feeling as though they can lose their salvation because of their stupid actions. And, you know, all of us have done stupid stuff, okay? And we may have felt as though, oh, my God, I, I mean, how, how in the world? De- the devil, evil wants you to believe that you can never be what you were intended to be because of what you did today or yesterday. Okay, the, evil, call him Satan, call, call it evil, but because that evil exists in, in the world, and you see it, I, I'm going to call it out. Listen, the Democrat Party is uh, a, a, the, the epitome of evil. You know, my God, my pastor talked about this last night. Uh, James A. McMinnis, I hope you're listening to me right now, man, because I am about to give you a major, a major shout out. My pastor was teaching this, uh, teaching this particular point that I'm about to make right now, uh, last night. It was huge. He said to us that anything that God intended for our good, that our creator intended for our good Satan evil will always counterfeit it or give you something that seems just as good he'll always do that huh And, 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 and when, it comes, when it comes to our American life right now, built on what is called the free market system, this, this is how, this is why you and I, uh, this is why I've owned several homes. This is why I own my cars, uh, own property. You know, you know th- this is why, you know, I, you know I, I wanted to hold on to what my foreparents worked, sweated for. And I got to tell you, it, it can be a headache. I can, I can understand why people would not want to own anything, just have nothing. Because you have no responsibility. Just be a vagabond. Uh, a person on the street, a homeless person, has no responsibility. But America was 
founded for and by people who would want to take on their God-given dominion over this earth and make something for themselves. What does evil come along? What does, what does Satan come along and do? What, is, what does evil come along and do? Evil comes along and says, oh, you don't have to do all of that in order to get what you want. You see, there's plenty of money uh, to get that for you and give that to you. Why? Why? After all, after all, this is how this is how evil speaks to someone with my ancestry, with my background, who comes from, uh, you know, uh, half of my family comes from slaves. Okay, the others probably the the Scots Irish that came over here, uh, you know, they they, they probably came from bond servants or they 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 were probably (laughs) serfs or something. You know, I don't think I have any royalty. I don't think I have any any royalty in me unless it comes from the Nigerian side. I don't know. But I I think the uh, the other side, even though they, they became pretty good big landowners there in Louisiana. But I think when they got here, they sort of, the Scots-Irish, the Bryants, uh, that's truly my name, my father's half, his father was. And and so um, the point is this. By the sweat of your brow, you eat meat. Oh, hey, yeah, it's part of the curse. But believe me, part of the blessing is not people giving you stuff. E- even, even in Genesis, the reason God put him in a garden was to give him first a home and then things to do. And even though he didn't have to make certain things grow and, and even though it was virtual paradise. There was still uh, a man to maintain. He had to maintain certain things. And above all, the thing that he had to maintain to keep everything in harmony was his relationship with his creator. That's the one thing that he had to maintain. He couldn't mess up that relationship. Because if he messed up the relationship, everything else hinged upon it. And friends, let me tell you something. <clears throat> the, the strength of everything else hinged upon it. Let me give you an idea. Let me give you, let me give you a case in point. And this can be a healing point for you right now. This can be a point where you can start healing whatever may be wrong in any, any relationship that you have. You must understand this one thing. That relationships can be reconciled. That is what I had to do with my father before I left and went and lived riotously. And while living riotously, my father passes away. But I had made peace with our relationship, even though he was not happy with the life I had 
when he last knew me on this earth. So that cannot be reconciled. However, we parted as father and son and that relationship was reconciled. Even though many of you have an opportunity now with that relative, loved one, whoever it is, still alive. And, and, and maybe, maybe for some reason, uh, you think that they think about you the way they, you think about them. A lot of times we spend time thinking about folks who are not thinking about us at all. Huh? Hey, listen, it's true. Some of y'all, some of y'all, this, this is y'all. This ain't me. I don't do this at all. But I know people, friends of mine, who, who, who will, will, will talk to me and say, hey, man, you know, uh, uh, oh, man, my ex, man, I, I looked at what she was doing on Facebook, man. These people have been, been, been split up for five, six years. I mean, I mean it's over. <laughs> But yeah, they, they, you know, and and the thing is, they're not thinking about you at all. America, there is a relationship that we need to reconcile, and there's also one that we need to let go of. Oh, we got a lot of talking to do today, and Michelle's just getting back into the saddle. She's going to be my special guest after the top of of the next hour if you don't get both hours of the cl bryant show be sure to download free the cl bryant show yesterday um or day before i was shown how to get on parlor i think i got two followers (laughs) i think i have two two followers right now Oh, it'll it'll change. And I was surprised, really surprised. I was talking, uh, I I was surprised that, uh, you know, there was other, there was three other, four other C.L. Bryant's on there. Uh Uh-huh. Interesting. We'll be back in just a little bit. And you know what? These parlor games, these, these um, parlor games, ooh, I guess that's why they named it then, huh? Because you do sort of go in there and parlay um, a little bit. Interesting. Of course, I don't know how to use it whatsoever. I, have, I mean, it's like Twitter, but it's not. But it may be the newest and maybe the fastest growing thing out there right now, Parlor. Check it out. And when you check it out, see if you can find me, C.L. Bryant Webb on Parlor. I'll be back with more. Don't go away.
Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. CL, back with you on this great day in the USA. And hey, let me tell you something. Uh, It's real. And the, the covers, as I said, are being blown back. Whatever is done, whatever is done in the dark. And you need to repent so that, uh, you know, the, the covers don't be blown back in a mysterious way on you. Yeah, God, God can shield you from the consequences if you repent of it. But the covers being blown back because there is an unrepentant America right now. And so the cover has to be blown back right now in Michigan. They will not certify that Michigan, uh, from what I understand, the Michigan, um, and I, I think that may be what Rudy's talking about as well, because they may not certify the Michigan vote. And uh, if the irregularities continue in Georgia, especially in light of two Michigan GOP election officials saying that they were, yes, bullied. And you know that goes on. Sure, it goes on. I mean, you know, you're thinking about running for county commissioner or parish commissioner or or something like that. And and, uh, listen, somebody says to you, I'll throw in with you, but you got to go along with us to do it. If not, we'll do everything we possibly can to see that you are never parish or county commissioner. That's bullying. But that's the way it happens. It's not like they. It's not like. It's not like they. You know, do it like did back in the old days. Uh, uh, you know, hey, you you do this, we're gonna break your legs. Or yeah, we know you love your dog. And it's not done like that anymore. If you have ambitions, and they know you have ambitions, if you have work, if you have a job, uh, and 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 uh, you know that type of thing, and you don't want to play ball. No, they don't threaten Fido. They don't threaten Fluffy or anything like that. They don't. They don't threaten to break your legs or, you know, bash your knees or anything. You know, it's usually not done like that. I mean, you know, there are places out on the street when different business is being taken care of where that could still happen. But that's not what happens in politics these days. It did at one time, though. It certainly did. But no, it's much more sophisticated than that. 
people who are politically involved now have ambitions. They want to do things. They want to accomplish some things. And uh, many times you have to negotiate with people on the other side in order to do it. And uh, so many times you're challenged, I shall say, to compromise principle so that you can continue to advance your cause. Now, when you don't want to compromise the principle and when you refuse to compromise the principle, then they take you. They try to take you down. That's exactly what what happened to me when I was president uh, many years ago now, almost 35 years ago now of the NAACP in Garland, Texas. Uh, I got the directive to go and speak at a pro-choice rally for Planned Parenthood, you know. I investigated, I researched what all this Planned Parenthood, I had never really um, thought about Planned Parenthood. I'd heard of it, had not heard anything really good about it, and hadn't heard anything really bad about it. But when the national director of the NAACP, Dr. Benjamin Hooks, contacts me, who I was a president of a, a, a fairly large branch. In fact, I was uh, in the county of the largest branch of the NAACP in the country, the Dallas County branch. I was president of the largest bedroom uh, county branch, um, Garland, uh, which encompassed Rowlett and, and also Plano and Mesquite. And, you know, of course, Garland there in Dallas County. Um, all of those Saxe, all those types of places out there. That was my territory. I had a huge, large, very large territory. And I, I, in order to do a good job, I thought I should know what it is I'm talking about. Planned Parenthood. And maybe, you know, have some really good things to say about Planned Parenthood. That's, that's what I thought I would do. That's how I found out that there was no way that I was going to say anything about Planned Parenthood that was good. No way. It went against my principles. It went against my core values. It, it, it didn't say, it never said you'd kill your baby or anything like that. In fact, the words were rather flowery about it. But I'm not stupid. This was promoting killing babies. Now, friends, you can be just as you can be just as uh, mad at me as you want to, or or you can go along with me on this because I'm fixing to use a very graphic illustration about a woman's right to choose. I have three daughters, count four, well, actually five, if you count um, two that I raised, one granddaughter and a stepdaughter that I raised. Yeah. I know what it is to raise girls and protect them and know them as girls who are growing into women. I, I, I know what that is. And I know what it is to see them, uh, you know, have their families, have their babies and, you know, raise their children. I know what that is. I have 11 grandchildren. Understand that. And this makes my point. This is what makes my point right here. If either of my girls, God forbid, had somehow uh, decided to take their own life for whatever melancholy reason, for whatever 
you know, tragic reason, God forbid, that should ever come to them. If they, if they decided to take their own life, then absolutely she has the right to do with that body that her personality is contained in exactly what she wants to do with it. She has exactly, she has, I mean, I would be absolutely saddened if anything like that were to uh, happen to any female that I know, but she had the right. She had the right to do it. She did. And her answer, of course, is to God, her creator, as to why she may have taken her own life, even though as far as you and I are, you and I are concerned, she had that right. However, I have, a, I have, I have been given by God. I have been given by God, 11 grandchildren, two great grandchildren. Is it three, two, two or three great, three great grandchildren. I believe <laughs> I can't, I can't keep track of them. They're multiplying like, uh, like they're multiplying. <laughs> But uh, I have, God has given me 11 of them, uh, grandchildren. All of them have independent and different personalities and even, guess what? A different body than their mothers. If their mother had taken their own lives, the child would not die because the child was, had its own, had its own body. And though your, 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 your uh, friend, uh, your lover, your, your wife, uh, your daughter may say and believe that somehow aborting a child equates to killing themselves because it's their own body is very twisted and very much untrue. I quote a few, uh, a, a scripture uh, from Isaiah, uh, not Isaiah, Jeremiah. The first, um, Isaiah happens to be a grandson of mine. Yeah, my oldest, my oldest grandson, in fact, is Isaiah. But uh, th- I quoted a, a scripture from Jeremiah. And God said to all of us before, he's talking to Jeremiah in that first chapter, before I formed you in the womb, your mother's belly, before then, before then, before you were as referred to by uh, the Planned Parenthood people who I rejected and my life became absolutely different. It took a totally different trajectory. Once you stand up for principle, even though people may shun you and turn you away, God has a way of taking your life in a totally different trajectory and blessing it in a way that you cannot see unless you walk by faith. But uh that blob of mass, that blob of flesh, just that senseless blob of flesh that Planned Parenthood would want you to think is, 
God says before I, I, I began to form that. I knew you. It's just not speaking to Jeremiah. He's giving you a complete rundown on the way the relationship is eternal. Because when you uh, when the silver cord is broken, as it says in Ecclesiastes and, 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 and you are released from this body, the spirit returns to God who gave it and the body returns to the dust from which it originally came. Ashes to ashes, thus ashes to ashes and dust to dust. Doesn't matter if you're buried or cremated, doesn't matter about the body. Because the spirit returns to God who gave it. And before I formed you, and this is this is what got me into trouble with the progressive liberals, is that I stood for my principles. I was one. Oh yeah, I was waving the banner. Oh, yeah, I was the president, two-term president of the Garland branch of the NAACP. Look at the presidential legend there of the Garland branch of the NAACP. I was the second president that the branch had after its founding, I think a year, maybe two years before I came. And it was founded in order to uh, take on Ross Perot's E-Systems. Our president, um, when I joined, um, our president, her name was Goldie Locke. Uh, yeah, that's her. That was her, that was her name. Her name was Goldie Locke. Her true name. Go to the president's uh, legend. God, God rest her soul. She's gone on to be with the Lord now. <clears throat> but she worked with these systems, and uh, it was sort of a conflict of interest for her to try and sue them and um, be the president of the organization as well. And I hadn't been in Garland for a year. I had not been there for a year. And um, the gentleman that I was running against, um, Roosevelt Griffin, he was a pastor of a church there in in, um, Gar- in uh, Garland, maybe Mesquite, but in Garland. And um, a very popular pastor, a church full of folks that he had there. I was the minister of evangelism for our church. And um, well, I beat him. I ran, he ran, I beat him. And in fact, um, I really thought I was striking a blow and uh, all of that type of thing until my principles were challenged. Do you speak in order to gain national notoriety in a renowned and venerable organization that, hey, if you had stayed with them and played ball and did everything they wanted you to do, say all the things they wanted you to say, could you have been the leader of that organization, perhaps have gone on to Congress and, uh, you know, done the, the very thing that Sharpton and Jackson and all of them have done, and that is extort money from major corporations. Could I have done that? Oh, you better bet your boots I could have. Yeah, you better bet your boots on a cold uh, January morning that I could have done that. But the principles, I believe that I, I must answer to God eventually for the things I echo here on this earth that do do 
do echo through eternity. I, I think that everything that we do on this earth will echo throughout eternity as to the good and the bad. And, and of course, the, 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 the blessing of knowing and having a relationship, in my case, with Jesus Christ is, I think the echo there will say, servant of God. I just want to hear him say, well done. I want that to echo. And then I didn't sell out. And how many times, how many times do we have to be called sellouts by those who sold out? And that's the game that the Dems are playing. That's why Giuliani is having to do what he's doing right now, because the very people who told us that our president, who is the only, who is the last legitimate president of the United States, Donald John Trump. Right now, Donald John Trump is the last legitimate president of the United States. Yes. He didn't sell out. And because he didn't sell out, oh, he could have played ball because he didn't sell out. Guess what? They didn't they they, they would not put uh, Melania on the, the cover of, 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 of any major magazines because he didn't sell out the, one the most in my opinion. The most strikingly beautiful first lady. That we have ever had the privilege to have in the White House. I mean, she, listen, I've met Melania Trump. Absolutely stunning. Didn't put her on no magazines. didn't sell out see see you you can't you can't they they can they can make you ascend overnight hey friends if i sold out right now don't you know hey if i sold out right now don't you know i would actually i could sell out but i didn't I'm called one by the very people who sell out all the time. This election was a sellout. They tried to make you believe that our president was in bed with the Russians when they were the ones. Where does it stop? When do you wake up? I know that revolution is in the air. And serious folks are ready to do serious things to take back the republic. That's what happened in 1776. Serious folks pledged their lives, their fortunes, their sacred honor. The DNA of of those folks still is in us. You hide and watch. I'll be back. I'm CL. You thought I was worth saving So you came and changed my life You thought I was worth keeping 
Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. Stand up for America. Then Americans, stand up, stand up, stand up. God bless you. God bless America. I do the best I can. Always in the heaven hand. And for the flag I stand. Back, back here, live and in living color. Yeah, uh, live and in living color. That was the uh, way back in the day. Oh, man, I remember when, well, I remember we got a television. <laughs> I was a kid. I was just really little. And there were people who would come, relatives would come to the house and um, watch TV. Of course, it was black and white, and it was wavy and so forth. And um, But, you know, it was, you know, it was TV. And I remember when they started advertising color TVs. I, yeah, go back a ways. <laughs> I'm a young man who's lived a long time. Yeah. And I intend to be a young man who, uh, when I'm 100 years old, will be saying the same thing. A young man who has lived a long time. I remember when color TVs came on the market. I remember at the dinner table, mom dropping a hint, hint, hint. <laughs> uh, that, uh, wow, it'd be great if we had one, huh? wouldn't it? Son. <laughs> Uh, Dad was one of those stoic kind of guys. Um, he'd hear. If you watch him closely, a smile would come to the corner of his mouth. He wouldn't say a word. But um, I imagine they were married for so long. It's because it um, wouldn't be too long. For lo and behold... We had two televisions. One of them was color. Yeah. So there are hints that are being dropped here and proof that is being brought forth here in this country right now. And the campaign, the Trump campaign, which I am still a part of. Yes, we still have meetings um, even though Black Voices for Trump, the the various coalitions have um, basically disbanded because um, we got him elected. We got him elected. We de- we delivered the vote. 
And that's exactly why we need to count this thing. But you know why? What I said before, what I've been saying, what I'm going to say, what I'm going to continue to say. And y'all be sure to stay tuned. Because I want to say it coming up at the top of the uh, next hour will be a special guest. My um, producer, my right arm actually is Michelle. Michelle will be on with me and um, she um, uh, I want your continued prayers for her and her family. And I have asked you to pray for a very special friend of mine, uh, Leanne. Um, you know, this is that time of the year, you know, but everybody has their different reasons and so forth for, um, needing prayer. But, uh, we're, we're, we're coming out from under the malaise of COVID, although the Democrats would like to shut things down again. And listen, let me tell you something. This, this is what you, if, if, if this thing holds up, this is what you voted for. This is what you're going to get. All in the name of uh, thinking that somehow you're, they're trying to keep you safe. They're trying to keep you stupid. Yeah, that's what they're trying to keep you. You know what? I uh, I took a glance at um, the uh, television. And um, I'm so proud to see that Rudy and Sydney. uh or not wearing mask. Yeah. And they have explanations for what's going on and they have explanations that I don't believe are going to have going to be ignored. I believe that uh hey, it's on. I believe there has to be some answers around here because somehow we have had a failure to communicate. And so we're going to have to communicate here about what actually happened with this race, because what y'all are saying happened, we're not buying it. Joe Biden actually overperformed in places better than Barack Obama. Joe Biden. You, you, You will never, you will never get me to believe such a thing. What idiot believes such a thing? Not even Bill Maher believes that. (laughs) oh hey hey he won't come on television and say it but bill is telling you that you guys are playing this game all wrong bill maher yeah bill maher himself i'm telling you just like juan williams plays the game and has made plenty of money playing the stooge on the um the right side you know for the right side you know one's one's not really the guy that you see there on TV, not really. I mean, he's he's lib, uh, but he's not really that guy. No, he's much more conservative than probably some conservatives. You'd be surprised. Bill Maher, on the other hand, uh, he has a good racket going. You know, his racket is to do what he does. But, uh, you know, there's a reason why him and Al- Ann Coulter are real good friends. Okay. Two two 
can't really walk together unless they agree on some things. And on things like that, yeah, you'd be surprised. Not saying that Bill doesn't go over the top too often, especially when it comes. But it, it's all about shocking. He's a television shock, shock host. He's a shock host. That's what he does. Uh, Juan Williams, that's what he does. That's what he does for, you know, he has a, and he, he's not ashamed of it. He's made plenty of money doing it, uh, you know. Um, but to me, you, you, you really sell out principle that way. And, and hey, I could probably do it tomorrow. I could, I could phone it in tomorrow. I could phone in tomorrow and say, you know, you know I'm ready to, ready to play ball. And overnight, overnight, if I sold my principles out, but I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to trudge along, do what I do. You know, I'm not going to, you know, if I live in a, a, a cave off the grid, a free man by myself, hey, I can be happy because I... I'm comfortable in my own skin. Wherever I am, I'm comfortable in my own skin. I'm not a black man. I'm not a uh, um, uh, an American even. Wherever I am, I don't care where I could be. I could be happy. I would have to adjust, but I can learn to be happy. That's a choice you make. And America, I am saying even though that is the choice that eventually we will make, to go on and defend the Republic and be happy about defending it. But I am telling you not to go away, just skipping down the road happily over election fraud. You may not understand how grievous this is. You may not understand what it is to not be able to to go vote, to be the grandson of someone who actually risked their lives when they actually went to cast their vote and were questioned by people, their white neighbors in their community who they're voting for. And even if they weren't voting for the person that uh, their white neighbors were voting for, they said they were. So that they weren't harmed. You don't you, you may not know what that what 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 hearing their stories is all about and then having it happen now in twenty twenty where you yourself was a part of the most historic campaign in all of political history. And to have it stolen I don't know how many miles I, I don't know how many miles I put on, on, on the plane and on my car and, and on my feet to deliver 10 million more votes to this president than Donald John Trump than, than Barack Obama got. And he was the first black president. We delivered 10 million more votes to this president than Barack Obama got as the first black president. And you're telling me that Joe Biden and Kamala Harris 
outperformed Barack Obama and Donald Trump in this 2020 election? There is no way that you will ever get me or anyone who is sane to believe such a thing. It just didn't happen. And the the fourth, the, hey, I don't know if we'll overturn this election, but I but I tell you what, if they audit this election, if they allow this team, the Trump team, to see the ballot sleeves of the uncounted of, of the mail in ballots, the early voting. If they allow an audit of those ballots, even though many of them you can't, there's no way to, to really prove when they were stamped or unstamped or any of that thing. You, you, you mean it's just so convoluted. But if there's an audit, a legit audit done on this election and Joe Biden, that proves to be a duly elected president of the United States, then, hey, folks, I have no choice as a citizen of this country. Because the people overrule my voice had spoken and they have collected, uh, elected a commander in chief for the next four years. All I can say as a citizen, hail to the chief. I will fight his policies most likely on every hand, but he is still the president of the United States. Congratulations, Mr. President. But. I will never, ever acknowledge Joe Biden as president of the United States unless there is an audit of this vote. If if this vote is not audited, 71 million Americans plus because you Democrats will be uh, cheated too. You will have an illegitimate president and you might as well have an illegitimate government. You might as well have an illegitimate country. Let's get this right. I'm CL. Michelle, after the top of the hour. Don't go anywhere. Broadcasting from within the borders of the greatest success story the world has ever known, the United States of America. It's time for an honest discussion from a fresh new conservative voice. The C.L. Bryant Show.
Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody. Hey, hold on. <laughs> hold on, our Baba Louie. Oh, we're going to talk a whole bunch about that um, as we go on through the second half of the C.L. Bryant Show. Welcome back throughout the fruited plains of the greatest nation on the face of the planet. Still, still the greatest success story the world has ever known. And that is America. Yeah, that is America. And we're going to talk about why uh, you should take heart and step, perk up, whatever. Uh, here in just a few minutes, uh, coming up um, in the uh, after here in just a few minutes is Michelle, my executive producer, and I know she's going to going to be uh, ecstatic over what's going on with the uh, Trump campaign and all of that. We're looking at Jenna uh, look do her thing, Jenna Ellis do her thing on um, um, television right now, and she has thrown down. And listen. She has thrown down the gauntlet. Got a chance to listen to a little bit of it uh, during uh, the short break. As all of you are probably riveted to to it, and you're going to hear this in replay. I imagine, I imagine, um, Jared, uh, that uh, even though we, we everybody, a lot of people hit us up in replay and so forth. I imagine all American eyes. They're not on. They're not listening to Rush. They're not listening to Sean. They're not listening to me. They're listening to Jenna. Because Jenna is laying it down. Hey, you go, girl. (laughs) I told you. Pastor, if you listen to me, I told you. I told you that... uh, we're going to drop this bomb. And here it is. And so just keep your shirts on. Oh, it ain't over. Joe Biden has not been sworn in as president of the United States yet. However, as it has been stated, it is not about overturning a result. It's about integrity in the election process. Friends, if we lose that, if we lose that, we have no we have no republic left. Oh, America will still be America. Oh, yeah, you'll still have your all-you-can-eat buffets. In fact, um, you know, there will new ones will crop up and so forth. You know, new ones will crop up. People will invest in business again. America business will come back. Oh, but you you won't be the you won't be the land of the free and the home of the brave anymore if we are not successful. Now, Jenna is really uh, doing a fantastic job. And Sydney had uh, uh, had been up before. Uh, her Rudy had been up before her. All of these people, we um, as, as as part of the campaign as surrogates, we hear from them, and we're beginning to hear from them more now. It had ebbed off right after the election, but uh, it came back from Detroit, and we're beginning to uh, hear from these on our calls again. And I, folks, I am I am telling you, can't tell you what's going on in the call, but I can tell you this: this ain't over. And on the phone with me is the eternal 
optimist that uh, she is and has been uh, with me now for six years. And hey, folks, I, I don't mind telling y'all that uh, I tell y'all this and I, you know, I mean, I tell her enough uh, that she is truly my right hand, one of my very best friends and confidants. And uh, show would not be what it is if it was not for her. Michelle, welcome back to the C.L. Bryan Show, my executive producer. How you doing, girl? I'm doing great. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, I hear you good. Good. Yeah, I'm sitting good. out in the sunshine, sipping on some tea and just chilling. Yeah, okay, tea. It's after twelve o'clock. I'm kidding. It's twelve o'clock after twelve o'clock for you. It may not be tea. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right, Michelle. Now you know what's going on in this country right now, and the one reason I wanted you on with me today is so we could give away the flavor as to how you feel and what we're talking about with with this election. Because so many different things, like seriously, I mean, philosophies I have, a philosophical point of view, but I wanted to update from the minute, you know, Arizona and Michigan, because we are super involved in Georgia, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, us with the CL Bryant show and the campaign. And CL, you know, I will tell you, everyone in Arizona, and I hope the people listening that are Republicans, you know, I'm sure some of the audience is Christian and some is Republican. I'm hoping some is not because truth doesn't have a party or a religion. So in Arizona, I mean, for years I've heard about the drama in Arizona. John McCain's widow, Cindy McCain, endorsed Joe Biden. And I didn't hear a peep out of the Republican Party in Arizona censuring her and saying, you can't be a Republican and endorse Joe Biden, who, by the way, assaulted your husband verbally. And if he would have had the chance, would have done it physically. And yet you're going to endorse him. Nobody said anything. So now they're fighting with one another. My point is, I don't care if y'all are fighting. I want to know what you're doing. I don't want to hear about the infighting anymore anywhere in America, in these states, in the GOP. I want to know what is it you're doing for America, not for the party, but for the Constitution, for the Bill of Rights. Right. And you know what, Michelle, let me ask you this, because we've talked about this. We've argued about this uh, even. In fact, folks, uh, I, unless I've had my morning argument, Michelle, Michelle's sort of like the person who uh, punches the boxer and the slaps him in the face before he goes into the ring or whatever. <laughs> she's that. She's That's that a person. Fact. That's a fact. That's a Every fact. morning. That's what she does. But anyway, anyway. I do it with all the guests, you know. I'm like a warm-up boxer. Oh, my God. But anyway, let me ask you this. The Republican Party, what must we do to be saved? Well, that's a good question. So the truth to our audience, we started working together in 2014. I had been the state director for the Mitt Romney campaign in Louisiana. Definitely not a Tea Party gig. Trust me. I mean, even the entire state of Louisiana, I was the only one who got electors elected to go to the convention because most people in Louisiana uh, saw Mitt Romney as not someone who shared their values. And you and I met, and you're Mr. Tea Party King. But together, in 2015, 
we united the GOP in our state and unseated Mary Landrieu, which was impossible to do, which was a longtime Democrat machine candidate. And Bill Cassidy, let me say this, Michelle, Bill Cassidy is the person that Michelle and I, we had him on our show almost constantly. We went to his campaigns almost constantly. We got worked in our state constantly. You worked in coalition building. We got the Tea Party to understand. Right. You may not like everything that Bill Cassidy does, but you don't have to to work with him because you don't compare him to you. You compare him to Mary Landrieu and you you weigh what that means out. So that's one of the things, being practical. I used to think that that meant compromising. It doesn't mean compromising. Compromising is when you use half-truths. But the truth is, find one place where you can agree and join in on that and build consensus from agreed endpoints. So that's one of the things the GOP needs to learn is to work together. But see how I think they've lost their way. So Donald Trump is the GOP. I mean, that's the new hashtag. If you don't like Donald Trump, you are not a Republican. End of story. So anybody who's listening that considers themselves some top dog in the GOP, change, get your bags, and start packing because we're going to kick you out. We're done with that. And you know what? That's exactly, that's exactly what Jenna was saying is that, hey, listen, you either get on the bandwagon here with what's going on, with what's going on, or hey, you're not with us. You're not with, and she, you know, Jenna laid it out. She said that you're not with America if you don't want uh, integrity. In, 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 in the voting uh, process in this country, you are not with America. And, Michelle, I guess we are at the, at the point where you, you, you choose you this day. That's where we are. We're well, at I think that we have point. have always been at that point. I think as humans, as Americans, we become lazy. That's where, why we are where we are. How did we not teach our children right from wrong? The, the people that are doing the Antifa violence – A, they're paid, yes. But a lot of them are white college students. We see them all the time. The young lady uh, the other day that got arrested, she's black and she's a journalist student in in D.C. Why did we teach our kids right from wrong about sharing ideas in America? Why didn't we teach them that principle? And I'm going to blame it on conservatives too, CL. I know a lot of narrow-minded, bigoted conservatives. That isn't right. In America, you sit down with people and you learn things from them. And when they don't agree with you, then it challenges you to go back and question. Because I want you to know why you believe something, not just do it. It's not just rote. And as Christians, that's our Christian faith. The Pharisees are like rhino Republicans. They only do things because the law says so. But when testing comes, when Jesus came along and questioned them about why are we doing this, they had no idea. Donald Trump, go ahead, I'm going to freak everybody out. He's kind of like Jesus in this situation. He comes in, he's going, why are we doing this? They don't know. It's just because we've always done it. It ain't okay, and it's not going to stay. Wow. Let me ask you this. Um, speaking about this, I was talking about this a little bit earlier in the show. Uh, there are consequences to holding on to your principles. And one of the consequences, I think, that cost America one of the greatest privileges that we may have had to uh, actually uh, enjoy the beauty of a first lady. I've met Melania Trump on a couple of occasions, and she is stunningly, stunningly beautiful. But yet she has never graced the, 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 the cover 
uh, of, of any real major magazine, the way a woman of her uh, aesthetics, the way she is aesthetics should and right. deserves to what it does that go is that a part of the poisoning of america is to also punish people uh in our trivial way of is that what happened to melania well yeah well and it's and it begs, begs the question there's millions of republican women in the country how come they didn't stop subscribing to those magazines or create a movement to say Hey, where's our first lady? Because nobody is as elegant when we're talking about fashion magazines. It's not a secret that I'm into fashion. It's not a secret that I have been the publicity chairman for the National Federation of Republican Women, trying to get them to get off of the couch and get engaged. I don't mean to be crazy women burning stuff. I'm talking about what you just said about our first lady. But it's all the time. Yesterday, they're calling us racist. Women who are white women who are racist just now because we voted for Trump. And see how, you know, I dug into a bunch of numbers and because I want to see the numbers instead of the hysteria. Do you realize that right now this president has almost 74 million votes? And, and we know that there's fraud in here. And Biden has almost 80 million. That's only six million difference. Well, in the state of California, it's five million difference between them. That means six million people in California voted for Trump. I thought they were all a bunch of socialists. Right. And then he, in New York, CL, he only lost New York by a million votes. Right. So the story is, who is Donald Trump and how do we support him in the trenches? And that's what you're saying about Melania. Why the people still had a voice these past four years. Consumers can still dictate to companies. Now, the thing that that Biden wants to take away with his complicit friends that are these corporate leaders is he wants to fund them and say, you don't need the consumer. We're just going to pay for it. That's what state-run entities are. If If our listeners need to learn about this, watch movies made from Hollywood during World War II, and it will expose to you what the, they were doing in Germany, what their intention was all over Europe, even in Russia at the time, but what America stands for. And this is a history, listen, this is a history junkie, this is a history channel junkie that I'm talking about. Michelle is one of those people who listens, she looks and listens to some of the strangest stuff in the world, just a walking, talking. But anyway, listen, let me ask you this, let me ask you this. How is it possible, Michelle, that uh, this president, Donald John Trump, in this election, got 10 million votes more than Barack Obama got as the first black president of the United States. Are you telling me that there are people who voted more for Joe Biden than they did for Barack Obama? I will not believe that. Then you need to be on talk shows talking about that because that's a talking point that I don't hear the left talking about. We allow them to set the narrative. Yeah, we have lawsuits going on. But just like what you said, this president has almost 74 million votes. He has more than he had last time. This is equivalent to a a landslide. And then we know of voter fraud. So right now, like breaking, even while we're talking, uh, is the absentee polls in Michigan. So in Wayne County, we're very connected in Wayne County. Monica Palmer is just a wife and a mom and William Hartman. And they were the two people that had to sign off. 
And they said, no, we're not going to. And they told the president, this is in the middle of the night, you know, an early Wednesday morning. We're not going to do it because 70 percent of the Detroit ballot was out of sync out of the 134 counties. So the ballot, there was more people voting than registered to vote. There was inconsistencies. And none of that is GOP related. That's called America and fair elections. Well, Rudy is on TV now telling us all that the president did in fact win by landslide, as you just said. And uh, Sydney is on, uh, and and, and, uh, Jenna, both are attorneys. All three are are attorneys uh, for the president of the United States. And they are saying that they can prove, they will prove. Well, they need to, but I think what the secondary story but I, I think is may, they may not be able to Palmer overturn and this. And our GOP's officials in Wayne County in, during the ballot count, they said, no, we're not going to sign. And they told the president. But during the middle of the night, they were harassed and threatened. Wow. Yes, and changed their vote. Now, this is, and for me, this is a problem. They said, this is literally, like, we're talking to them directly, CL. They said, well, they told us that if we signed this, they promised an audit. Okay, well, I'm smarter than a fifth grader, and maybe it's because my husband's an attorney, but wake up, people. Did you get that in writing? Because all that really matters is that you signed this now. Right. And it doesn't matter what you say. And if people are harassing you, then you call the FBI, which we have called the FBI. But see, this is what our listeners can do. They need to be vocal. They don't need to riot. They don't need to be ugly. They need to be loud and clear about truth. And, and, you know, like you said, why is a Melania on the front of a magazine? No one is more gracious than she is. Why are we allowing people to harass our people marching in D.C. without any consequences and no expectation of apology? Because we, the people, we voted for this president against all odds. And I can assure you, CL, we are not going anywhere as a matter of fact what we have to learn to do and this sums it up we have to know why we believe what what we do and then we have to influence others and we have to learn and see how we have to separate ourselves from these pretend nobles that don't care <laughs> pretend about nobles i like that <laughs> pretend That's, well it's from nobles. the movie braveheart okay. robert the bruce they, they betray William Wallace when he's fighting for freedom. And it's just a movie, and the history is a little bit different. Stay right the there. Hold that Hold that thought, Michelle. i got to get a break right quick. And I'm on with my executive producer, Michelle. She's my right arm here on the show. Has been that for six years. My confidant and really, really uh, good friend of mine. Uh, I'm so glad that uh, she is doing well, and her husband is doing well as well. Uh, thank you so much for you. You don't have to know nothing. You just know that you need to pray for my friend and her husband that's all you need to know and so thank you so much for your prayers and uh, they are back in the pink and on in the saddle again we're gonna be back with her after we return more cl Bryant show don't you go anywhere Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. 
turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot, on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. CL, back with you on this great day in the USA. Thank all of you for coming along with us as we build the Bridge to Conversation. That's exactly, uh, you're seeing that in action as I'm on the uh, phone with uh, Michelle. She is my executive producer uh, here. Been uh, We've been hanging out together for a while now. Up and down, thick and thin, we've been uh, hanging it out. And, hey, the Lord has blessed us. There's no question about it. Uh, and, you know, Michelle, what was being said by Reverend uh, Scott, uh, Daryl Scott, on the show the other day, I think that pretty much describes how you and I look at it, too. Uh, even though we've received notoriety and all that type of thing, and we thank God for it. But even if nobody else uh, ever calls our name, we knew we were here. That's what Daryl Scott said about it. We know that we have been a part of this process. And I'm so grateful to God to have had the strength to be a well, part of it. Talk to us. You really have because uh, so when we started this show, all of your friends uh, that you said, hey, call these people. Let's start a show. Burgess Owen was one of them. He's a Super Bowl champion with the what were they called? The Oakland Raiders. Yeah, they were. The Oakland. He was an Oakland Raider back. Well, they're still the Raiders, Raiders now, but they were not in Oakland. Yeah. Yeah, I think they moved. I never was a fan because I was a Miami Dolphins fan. Now I'm a Cowboys fan. So yeah, yeah not the too. Raiders. Go Cowboys. But he, Super Bowl champion, African American. Well, he calls himself black. He does not call himself African American. Yeah, no, you know better than that. I know better than that. I know it. See, I'm just trying to be polite. So anyway, he just won. He was not supposed to win his congressional seat in Salt Lake City. They left bombarded and undermined. And now the guy who took on Colin Kaepernick literally took him on in the media, calling out his name, is going to Congress. Yeah. And he was not... He wasn't anybody when we he wasn't anybody but an ex Super Bowl champ and nobody knew who he was. But we had him on the show three, four years ago. Uh, John Kennedy. I'm before sure he, I hate to tell you like six years ago. But six, it's, is it been like, six years? Well, listen, John Kennedy, when he first ran Senator John Kennedy, who they love yes. to have on show, we helped and helped and helped him. Uh, yeah, he was our state treasurer. Absolutely. That guy is, you know, crazy like a fox. He's isn't he a Rhodes Scholar? Yeah, John. Yeah, John Kennedy is a, has a brilliant mind. Although he reminds you of Huckleberry Finn. But... He does it on purpose. Then, <laughs> and then and the elitist left. And, and I'm not from the South. I'm from New York and Miami, so I definitely, you know, notice accents like his. But what I am not is a rude snob. Because only an ignorant person. Oh, come on, Michelle. Rude. You are truly a, a rude snob. You are sometimes. No, no. See, <laughs> ignorance means you don't know something. And if all you hang out with as a leftist elitist is people in Brooklyn, and I'm allowed to talk about Brooklyn because my dad's from there. So bring it on, people. And if you only know those people. So when you see a gentleman like Senator John Kennedy, who is well-educated, his law degree, I think, is from William & Mary, and yet 
because of the way he speaks, they belittle him. Well, you know who's the elitist there and the fool and ignorant one is them. Because living in the South taught me something about embracing everyone, not looking at books by their cover, because that's what you learn in elitism. Let's talk about that, Michelle. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. Having grown up in, uh, I mean, I'm, you know, having having relationships and 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 rel- rel- relatives in both New York and in Miami and in, in the Miami area. Let's talk about that because you and I have kicked this around before. I know that uh, when I go north of what we used to call the Mason Dixon line, when we head up north. When I talk, um, even though, you know, my accent may be nondescript at times, but most times, at times, it's nondescript. When I put a Southerner on you, like Jeff Landry, you start talking like you're Yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, I come home. I come back home. I really do. But uh, but this is the thing that I'm at. Do Northerners and people in Miami, because Miami is not really the South. I mean, it's not really the South. Do y'all uh, uh, automatically d- ascribe ignorance to a person who has a Southern accent? Well, and I hate to make generalizations, so I'm going to use this disclaimer. I cannot speak for everyone. <laughs> but you but do. I can tell you in my personal experience and my upbringing that I was taught that is a sign of ignorance. Are you kidding? My dad, my great-grandfather came here to go to college. So I'm only second-generation American. And my great-grandfather came to New York to go to college in Boston. So, yes, I was taught, like, embedded from my dad, who had never stepped foot here. He'd been to New Orleans, of course, because it's a party town, but just said, oh, Southerners are racist, every single one of them, and they're ignorant. And I live here. I've been here 30 years, raised my children here. Yeah, there's ignorant people here. But ignorance is not a crime. A bad heart, intolerance, those are, those are not things. But I don't see people that just because they haven't traveled and they haven't been exposed to a lot, they're not unkind. They just don't know those things. I actually find the intolerance and the the just generalization of Southerners. And I talk to people with this job all over the country. I say you all on the phone. And my, you know, people love it. People love the Southern hospitality. So, yeah, it's been um and I get to be a, a voice for the South and say, hey, don't be picking on them because you don't know what you're talking about. And even in Virginia, I don't think it's the South. The South oh, is no. what we have, CL, yeah. where black people and white people, our town is over 56% black. There isn't separation of the races. We have the opportunity in Shreveport, Louisiana, to show the rest of the country and the world what true unity could be but you've got your paid black activists that go into the black community and pay people to be bitter so what do we do about that we don't just get angry we need to go in that community ourselves in the form of our churches and do what our president did our president knew that was going on because it happens in new york so he went to pastor daryl scott and said hey what do you have to lose sit down with me i'm here for you i want to change the outcomes of black families And he has done that very thing. And Theo, when you introduced me to criminal justice reform, I mean, I was a GOP establishment. I was freaked out. Or when you talked to me about, you know, never-ending wars, because you're a libertarian. Now I find that all of those things are true. And criminal justice reform, that is my number one issue. Number one, because I want to ask you, CL, as a minister, how is it possible in the state of Louisiana with all the Christians that we are not actively engaged 
in every prison system here so that when a person is incarcerated, that we transform their life to make them productive citizens. I'm not saying it's against their will, but I'm saying this concept of spending money to put people in a camp to punish them and they come out worse than they went in. How can Christians sleep at night when that's going on? That is, a very, that is a very, very good question, Michelle. Uh, it has to do with anger and fear. Sometimes we're just angry at people. We throw them in jail, but there's no reason to fear them because they can be rehabilitated. There are people that you really do need to fear. And they truly do need to be in jail or they need to be uh, uh, dispatched. But anyway, uh, pastors, Michelle, have often sold themselves and died on that hill of being tough on crime. Politicians do the same thing. Uh, But being tough on crime does not necessarily mean being unjust and un, un, unfair. Yes, I, I want the burglar to be in jail. I want the robber to be in jail. But I do want compassion as far as it is concerned with a person who has a human frailty like uh, drug abuse or alcoholism or something of that nature uh, who can be rehabilitated. And I'm not using those as specifics. Well, I'm let's just, be specific yeah. because yeah. right now in the state of Oregon, and again, you're the one who really got me into this libertarian stuff. So in the state of Oregon, they decriminalized a lot of things. And there's a meme going around, but it's a fact. You can snort cocaine in Oregon, and it's not illegal. But you can't use a plastic straw because that is illegal. Yeah, However, that's, that's Oregon. That's, that's Oregon stuff right there. Oh, man, that sounds, so, that sounds so like Oregon. That sounds so like Oregon. <laughs> However, the problem is they're not 100% wrong. Because the problem I see with the extreme right is they think that when you criminalize something, you eliminate that behavior. You don't eliminate abortions because you make them illegal. You don't eliminate drug abuse and addiction because it's illegal. As a matter of fact, and this is going to freak everyone out. You won't ask me again on here. As a Christian, I'm appalled at the church in America not engaging the community because It ain't okay for Christians to vote against something but not do something about it. So you don't like that all these people are doing illegal drugs? Why did people say that it's compassionate to not criminalize them? Okay, because you mean when they go to jail, it doesn't make them better? It doesn't get them off of drugs? It doesn't stop the problem? Okay, church, then sit down in your communities and find ways to change the outcomes. To deal with the person. Yeah, to deal with that person. And you know what, Michelle, you bring up a very interesting point because, as you know, I've, I've um, of course, met uh, Minister Farrakhan and I've listened to his, some of, many of his uh, sermons and speeches over the years. And now, of course, I, I cannot possibly endorse anything that Minister Farrakhan, as far as his doctrine is concerned, uh, because he is a racist. Louis Farrakhan is a racist, okay? There is no question about that. He is a racist. However, having said that, let me say this. He has been able and has been successful at reforming and changing the lives of men who were former junkies and alcoholics by giving them purpose as 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 uh, uh, different as their purpose may be from mine. He still gave them purpose. That is the coolest thing. And and, and the that purpose so cool. changed their, their purpose changed them. That's what happened. Praise God. 
That purpose changed. That's called that's Christianity in action. And he may not even be a believer. Right. Why is the church not saying, hey, Louis Farrakhan, because we're so worried about being unclean. Do we read the Bible or is it just something we pretend? Because I look at that um, good Samaritan and I have lots to say about him. Thank God he didn't have social media or he would have just been the good Samaritan, saw the guy in the ditch, pulled the guy up and took a selfie and said, oh, I did my job. Hashtag Black Lives Matter, good Samaritan. Okay, no, our job is to impact. So it's not bad, even though, like you said, he's a racist. But it doesn't mean in America that if the guy is doing something that's legal and good, that we don't work with him. That's what President Trump has taught me. You already knew this, but I was just so afraid that everything had to be just my little Republican. That's ridiculous. Absolutely right. When you look at President Trump standing up next to, to little Wayne, I have no doubt in my mind that if Louis Farrakhan would want to do that, this president would reach out to him and, and do that because he understands the business of doing it. You see, we get we get so high in our ivory towers and so forth that we shut out a, a world that we can actually be affecting with our Christianity because we let our prejudices blind others to our Christianity, our prejudices of even approaching them. And that's uh, I was talking to. Well, you, you, you know, you I'm not going to uh, carry go into the conversation of you, me and a, a third party who you've met uh, down in who you've met on the phone uh, down in Florida. We're, we're, we're you know, as a min- as ministry, we've talked about ministry. And Michelle, there is so much ministry to be had down in that neck yes. of the woods and yes. here in Shreveport as well. And and I I just want to talk to you all, you know, get the get us together again and talk about ministry, ministry. And so because what well, we're talking about is ministry, this, bomb, this little truth bomb, speaking of ministry. Interestingly, while this is taking place and you and I are Christians and I'm non-denominational, and I'm cool and modern, and I'm on Instagram, and I'm all good. And I have friends that don't agree with my politics at all, and I'm good with that. But you've got just young pastors that one of them just had a huge falling away, uh, Carl Lenz in Hillsong, New York. Well, for years, I have commented on his erroneous policies to do with the community. I have screenshots of them. Three years ago, when I asked him, Before you start preaching to us about politics, I want to know how you've eliminated crime, eliminated poverty, where your church is in New York City. And the interesting thing is, CL, while he was divergent of the word and didn't understand how the word applies to the civic government, he was having affairs. And it was so it's so obvious. So I'm really grateful. I feel like this is a real time of cleansing within the house of God and without you know like in the church and then in the country we've got to know what do we believe if you are pretending to be a christian but you don't read the bible and you don't understand what christianity is you ain't no christian if you say stupid things like well you can't say that you have to be kind really when jesus was clearing out that temple with whips and turning over tables i'm just a was that sinful should we take it out of the bible and again, see I wasn't raised a Christian. I was in the new age. So I see what this is. Hey, I'm this telling is you. neutered stuff that ain't true. No, we got to deal with the whole canon of the word of God. We may not understand it, 
but it doesn't mean Jesus was violently no. killing people. No, no. And you know what, Michelle, I'm glad you brought that up because uh, when Jesus went up in that temple and he saw what's going on, that, he, that was about to be a misunderstanding that was about to go on right here. They, they were about to totally, see, they had totally misunderstood what he was about, but he was about to show them what he was about. There was a furniture moving that was going on in that place because he was, he was righteously indignant about what was going on to the people of God the children of God and in, in the house of God and, and, and he, who had made, he, he made it a den of thieves. And so this is something that we have stopped preaching. And the question has to be why. And, well, and we don't yeah. have to preach the law because that's offensive to me as well. I don't live the way I do because of the 10 commandments. No, I live this way because I'm a follower and a passionate lover of God through Jesus Christ. And the word is passionate. The word is passionate. You know, the one thing now we get passionate about a whole lot of things as far as church service is concerned. We get passionate and cry over songs and all of that kind of thing. But are you crying or is the word itself breaking you? Is the word breaking? And do you have a pastor who is bringing that word and relating that word to the Caesars of this world? Because the right. Caesars of this well, world. I'm going to say yeah. two things. Yeah. So you were, when we were talking about Jesus cleansing the temple, I believe that that's what's happening today in America, that he's still cleansing it. And these tables that are unturning are these pastors that have been in this sin and it's being exposed. And I hate using the word sin. I'm talking about deception. When you open the door for the enemy to deceive you because there is an enemy, there is evil in the world, and he is not of the kingdom of God. And ultimately, he's the father of all the things that we see. When we see Antifa people being violent, it's not those people. It's the enemy behind them influencing them. Well, hey, listen, girl. We are seeing that right now. I want to thank you so much for coming on uh, with me. I, no, I want to do it. Stay with me. Stay with me through this break. You're going to have to pay me extra. Uh, <laughs> Stay with me through this pay. break for just a little bit because I do have uh, one final question uh, for you. Don't go anywhere. Stay with me, Michelle. I'm CL. This is the CL Bryant Show. Um, that is my executive producer. Michelle is on with me, has been with me for, well, since the very beginning of this show. And uh, I, uh, I really, I really am glad that she's doing well. Her husband is doing well. And uh, the opinions that she has um, given here today have been treasured. And so, and, and, and hopefully, folks, there's a stimulation of the way you think about uh, how we're going to approach our American future. I hope there had, that has been stimulated, at least the way you're thinking about it. Because you're, you're going to have to give some thought to how we proceed. If we're not able to overturn this election, we have to uh, give some thought to how we proceed. If we're not able to hold the Senate, which I do believe we're going to hold it, I'm headed out to Georgia on the 5th of December. I will be there. And um, so we're engaged with what's going on. And so I'm going to return with Michelle. I have one more question for her when I return with her. Here on the C.L. Bryant Show, if you don't get both hours, download free the C.L. Bryant, C.L. Bryant Show app. I'll be right back. I was worth saving So you came and changed my life You thought I was worth keeping So you cleaned me up inside you thought I was to die for. So 
Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. Stand up for America. Then Americans, stand up, stand up, stand up. God bless you. God bless America. I do the best I can. Always lend a helping hand. And for the flag I stand. CL back with you on this fabulous day in the USA. Oh my goodness, down here in Louisiana, where I am right now, it is absolutely a Chamber of Commerce day. It is beautiful, not a cloud in the sky. The sun is shining on autumn leaves uh, like only it can in my home state of Louisiana. In fact, I'm tempted to drive down uh, to my little place in the country and take a look at uh, what's going on down there. On with me uh, is uh, my good friend, uh, my colleague, confidant, and right arm here on the C.L. Bryant Show, executive producer. Michelle is on with me. Michelle, I had one, one question. Uh, left that I, I wanted to ask you. You know, I may, I know, um, I know this. I know this before I ask you the question. I know what I say about you. And folks, you know, you know, like I kid her a lot, of course. Uh, I know what I say about you. But legacy, when we talk about you and we talk about legacy, and um, you tell us, what is it you want folks to have said about Michelle when? It's all said and done. There you and Mark are sitting on the, the porch, looking off into the sunset and uh, hanging up the spurs. Uh, just uh, enjoy the rest of life. Talk to us about legacy. Michelle, you're on. Are you muted? <laughs> now, see, now, see that. Are you muted, girl? On now, now see now. Wait a minute. Now wait a minute. Now see, I I, I give you this tear jerking intro. I heard it. No, I can hear it. But but yet, but but then but then I I I I throw the ball to you. I know. Yes, that's true. <laughs> okay, t- talk to us. No, good. No, I'd like it to be next week. Hang up the spurs, sit on the rockers, and just blow it all off. That's what I'm. That's my goal in life. I want to say this as a Christian and a person engaged in politics, and there's not a lot, I can be honest with you. A lot of the people that we work with are barely uh, children of the Lord, like barely look at the Bible. But I want to leave them with the verse, Romans uh, sixteen twenty, And in the Passion Translation, it says, And the God of peace will swiftly pound Satan to a pulp under your feet, and the wonderful favor of our Lord Jesus will surround you. And we need to keep our eye on the ball. And that is Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. We are not moved by elections one way or another. But what we cannot stand by and not participate in bringing out truth and integrity. That's why we have to stay engaged and behind this president, not lose hope, connect with our friends, and become a movement. But for me personally, CL, the only legacy I want is that simple. I did the best I could. 
that I spoke of truth like Caleb. Even when he came and he said, man, there's fruit and it's awesome. And they go, no, man, I'm too afraid. 40 years later, it says that he was still on fire and fought like the young men. And that's what I want to be, still full of my ideas and passion and and strength as if I was 40 years ago. So I'm expecting that the best is yet to come. And I love it when we have this kind of shaking because what we're shaking is the things that can be shaken. They are false, they're hypocritical, and I don't want any part of them. I like the things that are going to remain. You know what's going to be? It's going to be that 75 million Americans that voted for the president, and we're going to turn and, and influence all our friends to do the same. Love you, kid. Thanks so much for being on with me. God bless and God keep you. Continue fighting the good fight. I know that you will because you are fighting the good fight, Michelle. God bless. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks a lot. Bye. I'm CL. This is the CL Bryant Show. That was Michelle, my executive uh, producer. And, um, you know, when you when you think about um, things that people say, have said, um, all of them in their own way, in their own verbiage, say the same things. All of them have been American. So I'm not surprised. I mean, everybody from Hannity uh, to, you know, um, oh, what's his name? Ted Hayes. (laughs) They all say the same thing. And uh, male or female. Americans, when you ask them about legacy. And and I guess I should say patriots because uh, the people that I have on this show... Uh, in their own way, and they may actually be over. If they're if they're on this show, they may be a a, a uh, they may be a lib. But I'm trying to expose them to American patriotism. And they're shooting it, shooting it down. This is one of those moments in American history that they will long study. After we're gone. So live your life boldly. So at least they, when they're looking back on this 75 or 100 years from now. As folks have looked back on the uh, even the Kennedy assassination, the Johnson presidency, the Lincoln presidency, uh, the presidency of FDR. How people have looked back historically on that. This is one of those moments in time where it sticks out very plainly that historians and students of history will be seeing exactly who we are and what we are and the the players that have played in this game. They'll, they'll, They'll analyze each and every one of you, each and every one of us. I... I think um, I think by having made my film and uh, being a part of John McNaughton's collection of paintings, and of course the job that I do at Freedom Works, I, I think maybe maybe I have, maybe I've secured my place in history. Just maybe I have, and 
you can't rest on your laurels, though. You have to keep working and building on your historical portfolio. What will you do? How will they remember you? Everyone around me is a part of my historical story. Everyone around me is a part of my historical story. And the question is, how will history remember you? I just asked Michelle that question, and hers was certainly concern over this country because she has family coming along. You know? And, she, she, and of course, her faith. Every American has said the same thing in their own verbiage. How will history record you? How will history look at you? My goodness. Here's a strange creature here. Let's see what he did. Let's see what she did. And begin to uncover your story. Your writings, your talks, the things that you did. That's what you live for, Americans, not just to exist, but you live to have people say that you passed this way. I remember him. I remember her. They made a difference in my life. Those are the people who you really treasure. They're nameless. Nobody else knows them. We don't know who taught, uh, I guess, Abe Lincoln's father or his mother may have taught him to read, but did they? Did he teach himself? Did he? We don't know who that person was that actually taught Frederick Douglass to read. We don't know her. Her name is not common as his, but she it was certainly a person who taught him to read. The runaway slave, Frederick Douglass. Somebody taught him to read. He became a very prosperous, prosperous businessman. But someone taught him to read. We don't know who they are. But we do know that they are a historical figure in his life. Whose life are you a historical figure in? Whose life have you changed? Hey, friends. Uh, I know this for a brief while there, and it could have been for a long, long while. I know that Donald John Trump changed the lives and the perspective of American black workers because the unemployment rate had gone down to a historic low. He changed the lives of Latino workers because their unemployment rate was at his historic low. He was changing the lives of modern American women because their unemployment rate was at a 60-year low. Changed the lives of investors because their portfolios were exploding changed the lives of American soldiers because he strengthened a military to a point where nobody wanted to mess with us. He had North Korea 
China, Iran, and he had the Russians also. All of them, he had them at bay. Now you want to believe that somehow America has voted to go back into the arms of someone who had us in such an insecure situation. You would be a fool to think such a thing. The same as any person would be a fool to go back into the arms of someone who had mistreated them for so long over someone who would want to see them enjoy life. America, that's your choices. And that's what I, I don't believe you made that choice. I don't believe. I believe that you have been given, presented with someone who has been chosen for you. But I don't believe America chose Joe Biden. I believe it's just like Rudy Giuliani says it is. Donald John Trump won this thing as we predicted he would. He won it by landslide. There's no way this coronavirus or COVID-19 affected the good sense of Americans knowing that uh, how good things were and where we were in our port in all the portfolios and everything. There's no way we run back into the arms of somebody who was starving us to death. There's no way. I will never call him president of the United States until there is uh, a complete audit of this election. And you need to demand it at every turn. Every turn. Well, I want to thank God for bringing us to the close of yet another day. And I want to thank him for our men and women in uniform all around the globe who defend our right to speak our minds. That's important that we defend our own rights here at home to speak our minds because surely there are those who would want to see them taken away. And I want to thank him for you, the American people. And until I'm able to talk to you again, my heartfelt desire is that God will bless and keep you all. Mm-hmm.